everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today I am once again joined by Alex and we are continuing on with Jane Eyre. I'm so excited. Also apologize to everyone out there if my voice sounds weird. I spent a weekend shouting at men riding horses and trying to spear each other. Honestly, what would make Jane Eyre more proud than you doing that specific task? I don't know. I don't feel like Jane Eyre would do well at a Renaissance festival. I've, I've still never been to a Renaissance festival and I want really? to so badly. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what happens. Like every time I find out about them, like after they've already occurred or it's like a week where I have like stuff going on and I can't make it. Mm. Yeah. I only ever went to the Ren Fair near me when I was growing up. And it turns out mm-hmm. that the jousting there not of a caliber as to the one that mm. i saw this weekend there were fucking chariots they oh just, oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there were horses there were chariots there was a really really attractive princess with a pistol all of it it was it was incredible how does it feel to live my dream uh real good yeah also i wish i was you hard on the throat though yeah yeah. feeling a little raspy don't know if that's actually the case but like it feels that way in my head so i don't think so if that makes you feel any better okay good i just i want to say that uh jousting is now going to be my football so mm. thank you yes mm-hmm. i don't know what the rules are because I don't, I don't care what the rules are nobody okay let's be honest does anybody watching football usually know what the rules are? They just go, ah, oh, ref! Well, if you're in my household, yes. I don't know. I, I mean, my dad is a ref, so he knows the rules. But, like, uh, everybody else I know seems to just yell at the ref. Okay. I and mean, I don't think anybody knows the rules. <laughs> the, the only referee that I can really think of in this jousting was the Duke, who was watching mm-hmm. things. And the only refereeing that he had to do was to tell people that they had to stand stand four feet back from the fencing. Which broke my immersion, because I don't think the nobility gives a shit about us peasants. (laughs) Honestly, though, if I want to get brutally maimed, is that not my right? It is my right as a serf to be trampled underfoot. By the very bearded daddy riding around on that horse, damn it. All I want to do is consume bread trampled by daddy. Yep, these two things. And that's a <laughs> successful weekend. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get into this time that is Jane Eyre. It's wedding episode day. It's our Hot Springs episode. Here we are. So when we last met our heroes. (laughs) (laughs) So Sophie is getting her ready and Jane's like, you're making me take too long. What's happening? Um, And they're going to church. Rochester wants to leave as soon as they get back. He's like, your bags are already in the car, right? And Jane's like, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Like, all I'm imagining is, like, 
modern day, just like looking your partners in the eye, like you're looking your partner in the eye and being like, listen, we're just going to stop at the courthouse on the way to the airport. Like, that's not weird. Right. So. Like, no, we are literally swinging by. I've got two witnesses. I know mm-hmm. the judge. He's going to give us the bop, 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 adop, adop. It's going to mm-hmm. be in and out. And then we can go do whatever the fuck we want. And whatever the fuck we want is for me to get as far away from this place as I possibly can. Very Vegas energy. Very Little oh, White Chapel energy. You know Rochester has been married in Vegas at least twice before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got this down. I'm just imagining a running list he has in his wallet of like the dates he was married and like the names of his ex wives, <laughs> and then in case he runs into him again, he could be like, "Ugh, Claire, when were you married again? Was I married to you? Were you the one with the Elvis pastor, or the stripper pastor, or the Was Elvis, it Elvis stripper, pastor? stripper? Yes, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it." I mean, it was honestly, I wanted to marry the Elvis stripper, but you were there, so. You were there, so we did what we had to do. Yeah. Honestly. I didn't know. I was imagining that the entire time. I want to spend some time talking about all of the red flags of this wedding, and this is number one. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is Rochester wrapping himself in a big old red flag. And he's going to do he's that a lot. He's whipping the U-Haul into this courthouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you also just married on the back oh my god terrible but true so uh rochester's basically like shoving her out of the car and he's like we're going in and then they have no witnesses at all is mrs fairfax not there no okay. nobody's there <laughs> incredible yeah nobody's there um and i don't know i just there was two people outside that happened to come inside Mm. hey you guys want to attend a wedding yeah uh no you can't come to the reception there isn't one no you literally just stand there and pretend that you know us thank you they seemed like they were hired to be witnesses to be honest, because they were like waiting for them to arrive, and then they like left immediately and didn't say a word. They just like sat in the back. I mean, if you've got nothing better to do of the day, just be like, yeah, I'll give me five bucks. I'll fucking yeah, I'll attend your wedding. Whatever, man. I mean, give me a hundred bucks and I'll be a witness. Sure. Yeah. Care. Both parties willing. Right. Yeah. You good, babe? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Come on in. Right whatever okay you, you so can make your own mistakes we got red flag too yeah i know we should have a running list i should have highlighted these in red <laughs> listeners in your own copies use your red mm-hmm. highlighter on these particular passages and it's like you were reading along with us i saw a girl go as a red flag for halloween and i want to change my entire costume i'm, not I'm gonna dead <laughs> like was you was was there were there red flags on the red flag? Yes. Okay. It was a red dress mm-hmm. with tiny little paper flags taped to it with like 
like words. So like one of them would be like, um, I'm not into her. She's just my best friend. And like <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, that's incredible. And if you can find a link to this, I want to see it. Yeah, it was on Pinterest, obviously, as most things mm, should be. Of course. Yes. Yeah. I'll send it to you later. But uh, yeah, that might be my backup costume if I can't find anything good because I'll think it's funny. Yes. No, that's 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 quality right there. Mm-hmm. So um, he was walking so fast to the church that they had to stop for a second so she could catch her breath. <laughs> red flag number three <laughs> oh we gotta fucking go yeah. i'm just imagining he's like almost sprinting and she's like oh my gosh but jane's like he's just so excited to marry me yep that's what yep. it is mm-hmm. absolutely that so at the church they mm-hmm. go in there's the two random uh, witnesses i mentioned and then she sees the grave of Rochester's ancestor. <laughs> what a thing to bring up. You're just yeah. like, mm-hmm. All right. I could imagine being like getting married and then like you can see that there's like an empty slot next to them and you're like, ooh. Yeah, that's where I'm going, isn't it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> For me to complete this sort of Las Vegas wedding, I'm picturing you're marrying someone in a, a little chapel in Vegas, and there's mm-hmm. just a faded billboard of their dad, who's like a shitty real estate real real estate agent, just mm-hmm. like crumbling and peeling, just like smiling mm-hmm. down as you as you get in here, and you're like, I might need to rethink my life choices. Maybe. I raise you, yes, and yes. Imagine you're going to go get married and you pass the polaroid photo stuck to the wall of him and his ex-wife at the same chapel (laughs) ow (laughs) ow that hurts (laughs) secondary option i think both could be fun even better if they are both occurring so then you pass this (laughs) polaroid photo and then you look up because it's obviously an outdoor wedding yes and you can see the looming photo of the peeling father. All right, so I'm going to write a horror TTRPG based on this. Don't mind. I'm, excuse me, I have to go uh, and get this out. Before. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, this was great. Uh, oh. I told you, anytime you need someone to come in just to monologue for five minutes, you know who to call. I know exactly who to call. Ghostbusters or Rachel. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so then they're like oh this wedding is so lovely and the priest is like okay so we're gonna do all the normal vows and he's like you can skip the part where you ask him (laughs) right the priest is like what kind of wedding do you want and rochester's like the shortest one that can come out of your mouth and be legal Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. he's like can we skip past all this part we don't want vows we don't want anything also definitely skip the part where you ask if anybody's gonna just not want this wedding skip red that. flag number three i think we're on four aren't we red flag number four yeah we'll call it four. yeah we'll call it four if not i feel like we definitely probably missed one 
for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Rochester himself is a giant bit red flag, so mm-hmm. we can just start there if we miss yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Just add it in. Mm-hmm. So, um, someone is like, um, I don't, this man cannot be married. It's just like all heads turn, all four yeah. heads turn. <laughs> Except Rochester, if it was just like, right, who's oh, fucking damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're too slow, Jane. You're too slow, yeah. priest. I just want to know what his plan was. You know, if he didn't get found out and then, like, people found out, like, a year later. As I've said, I think there may have been a murder mm-hmm. in the intervening mm-hmm. time period. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he would have physically mm-hmm. done it, but I feel like Grace Poole could commit a murder if you needed her to. I don't, yeah, I don't think he would have murdered Jane. Oh, However, no. Not Jane. Not Jane. No. Yeah. I don't think Bertha was going to live that year out. And that's no. that's a spoiler for those mm-hmm. of you who haven't caught up. So don't listen <laughs> no, to that I part. Don't think so. Retroactively. Retroactively. Just yeah. forget it until a couple minutes from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, homie's like, hey, Rochester, you have a lovely wife. And Jane's like, thank you. And yes. <laughs> And he's like, ooh. Ah. <laughs> no. Oh, a living wife. Sorry, I misread my notes. Either way. I I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of being like, you can't get married. You have a lovely wife. She's like, oh. <laughs> Me, what? what are you talking about? Oh, no. I, I am a lovely wife. Thank you for noticing. So we find out that the stranger's name is Briggs, and he's like, I'm the brother of Rochester's wife. And Jane's like, I don't have a brother. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Yeah. (laughs) And then he says that uh, Rochester was married in Jamaica. Yep. And um, we have Mr. Mason, who was a witness. For, and then also he's a witness that his wife is still living. And we met Mr. Mason before at the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and someone was like, someone tried to kill him in his bed. And honestly, I don't know who it was. It might have been Bertha. It might have fucking been Rochester. Let's be yeah. real. That's I mean. Listen. In a day and age when a divorcing isn't allowed. Correct. Do, do you? I mean blame rochester for trying to murder the witnesses i know i mean so far so far he hasn't killed bertha which is kindness yeah he's kept her well so the other the other thing is that there are no institutions really Mm -hmm. like there is no place for a person who is insane to be taken care of in a humane way yeah. That said, one should not lock people in attics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just like if if that was a hypothetical situation that might happen in this book. Again, I'm doing it for myself. I'm so sorry. Maybe, maybe we don't know. Anything could be possible. Anything. So, 
there's no wedding. The priest is like, okay, if you're already married, like, I can't marry you. And Rasha's just like, sure you can. <laughs> right. Just really trying. He's really trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not working. Yeah. And then it's gotten to the point where Rochester just breaks. And he's like, my wife? Fine. You can meet my wife. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You can see the moment he just mm-hmm. fucking snaps. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I I also want to say he almost like punches this dude square in the face in the middle of a church, which I would mean, have been great. But, you know, he restrained himself, did the, all right, you want to see the crime I commit? Fine. Yeah. Let's go have a look. Sure. It'll be great. Honestly, I love this moment for Rochester. This is the most human he's been to me thus far is watching him break. But I do chaotically it could be i don't know what it is i love watching a man break Mm. especially in like a fictional setting i just i love seeing people's reaction when they get pushed to the limit in a book not in not a human being Uh not yeah yeah no i'm not a terrible person um (laughs) um but yeah not like a not to people, just in a book. I just think it's interesting watching what an author does to show, like, the breaking point. I just think it's fun. I mean, the th- the thing about Rochester is that he is, he is his secrets. Like, that sort mm-hmm. of air of mystery is what's really, really intriguing about him, I think, mm-hmm. to Jane and to us. Because on the face of it, he's terrible. Yeah. Like he's physically not attractive. And we mm-hmm. know this because everyone is like, that dude? Like, mm-hmm. what's okay, uh, if you say so. Mm-hmm. He's he's not emotionally attractive. He's detached. He's cruel. He's sarcastic. Mm-hmm. What connection does he have with Jane beyond she's an interesting plaything to him? Like, mm-hmm. but the fact that there's this like batman cloak of mystery around him we're like "Mm, what is Mm -hmm. this and this is how he's remained like Mm -hmm. interesting and then all of a sudden he's like you know what no fuck it Mm -hmm. all of it in the light it's so good the cloak has come off also uh my world was changed today because i did see one someone buying a cloak and just wearing it around their home so i feel like that's a change i need to make into my life I was literally talking with someone this weekend Mm -hmm. because of Renaissance festivals and attending Mm -hmm. them that I am really upset that cloaks are not fashion items that have remained. I've been saying this for years. My problem as a man is Mm -hmm. that cloak has big neckbeard energy for men to me. Like, that's fair. I feel like I'm, I feel like if someone is wearing a cloak, in not a renaissance setting there will probably be a trilby involved and there will probably be some unnecessary miladying and i'm just Mm -hmm. i can't associate myself with that i just feel like cloak and the kid that wore the trench coat in high school are like a little too close i mean the venn diagram is getting closer to a circle Mm -hmm. in that moment Mm -hmm. i feel like a cloak Specifically, a hooded cloak with arm sleeves is something I will probably be wearing in my own home. However, when no one's there. 
Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I just feel like it raises too many questions if people are around. How do you feel about a half cloak? Like the ones that are like half length or the right, f- like, open front? Uh, open front, but like sort of just come down to like the biceps, but with a hood. You know, basically just shum- something to cover your shoulders when it's raining. Cover your head when it's wet. I love the idea of it. However, I feel like sometimes it gets a little too close to Granny Shawl, which is not the look I'm going for. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I would absolutely be go. I go for Granny Shawl look. Uh, That's fair. My favorite patterns in existence are the hideous ones that look like a pattern your grandma would put on a couch. Like if it's floral, if it's gauche, I want mm-hmm. it on a tie. So yeah. like going like. I aging grandmother despite mm-hmm. uh you know being a man that is that is an aesthetic I don't mind cuz aging grandma I, has like a coziness about it that I'm here mm-hmm. for I describe my aesthetic as like comfort goth <laughs> you know uh-huh. like it's mostly athleisure but it will come in black mm. you know I I think it's technically alternative However, I don't know how to dress myself well enough mm. to consider myself to have alternative fashion. Honestly, using the word fashion is a bit of a stretch here. I see. Um, yeah. It, it's... Have you... You know, like, the Lego movie? I do. You know when Batman's were like, I only wear black and very dark shades of gray? Mm-hmm. That yes. is my wardrobe. Okay. If I were to describe my aesthetic, it would be Midwestern dad. Fair. It's, it's That's a lot how of my sister like, describes hers. Cozy shoes, mm-hmm. flannels, shorts long after shorts should be worn comfortably. Fair. Yeah. I just got um, a pair of work Doc Martens oh. and a pair of dark Doc Doc Martens. Like, and I feel like my wardrobe's coming together. My childhood dreams are coming true. I had never been able to afford a pair of Doc Martens, and I have such giant feet that I cannot find them thrifted anywhere. Oh, no. Because I wear an 11 in women's. Oh. Therefore. And the problem is I don't, I usually buy men's shoes. However, I specifically wanted platform Doc Martens. Mm. And it seems like people who wear men's that got platform Doc Martens are just keeping them and not, you know, giving to me. So well, this is this is a problem with a good pair of Doc Martens. I know they don't they really last forever. Yeah, you don't get rid of them. I know you can get those things resold and they'll last you another twenty years. This I know. this podcast is absolutely not brought to you by Doc Martens unless Doc Martens really wants to get in contact with Rachel. Let me know. Let <laughs> me know. I I'll wear them. You know, you can give me any color. Um, however, it is better if it is black or right. a dark shade of a color would be best. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did get a pair of heeled Chelsea boots. Mm. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty cute. Gonna have to. But now I feel like I need skinny jeans. So. Yeah. That yeah. is a look. Yeah. So I'm thinking about buying some but haven't committed to it yet 
committing to a pair of skinny jeans is i that's not a choice one takes lightly i don't think no because i mean especially just my body is shaped weird so like buying clothes online is trash hey yeah that's relatable yeah and i'm also exceedingly tall so wait i don't know if you want to cut this or not how tall are you i am five nine. Oh, okay yeah, so so like not that tall but like tall for a woman you know yeah yeah, yeah. but I, i'm probably not gonna cut that out because i <clears throat> i feel like i'm gonna say exceedingly tall and then people are gonna be like so you're like six three nah <laughs> but i don't know i guess i'm taller than average i don't know i thought i was short forever and then i realized i only hang out with tall people because mm. I, no I had an internship in your, once no short kings or queens in your life before this no hmm. I, not until i was in college actually and then i my best friend was like five two mm. and i was like this is strange this is an interesting occurrence the shortest person I've ever met is my grandmother, who is four foot mm-hmm. eight, because my family was not tall. But the tallest person I've ever met, maybe six, seven. But I know people who I've not met physically who are taller. Mm-hmm. I think height, human height is very funny and interesting. Uh, and just like certain people give certain height vibes and energies, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, was, I don't know that I was getting a 5'9 vibe from you, but I see it now. Yeah. Well, it's because Daniel, I think, like, me standing next to him, I think it makes people think that he's shorter. Uh, okay. Because, yeah. like, of our height difference. So then, like, they see me, and then they see him, and they get a little confused. Yeah. I don't know. How tall do you think Rochester is? No, like I kind of wonder if he's like exceptionally tall. I go the opposite. I think he's exceptionally really? short. I get big short king vibes from him. I do feel like he gives short king energy, but I just want to imagine him as like weirdly proportional. But he's not you know proportional. What I mean? That's the thing. No, he's I mean a... like oh, that's what I meant. Weirdly unproportional. Like, okay. I was thinking right. like very teeny tiny little legs. Broad shoulders. Big shoulders, right? Because yeah. <laughs> we know Jane can't be big. Like, no. the malnourishment and the mm-hmm. being a, a Victorian orphan waif, like, mm-hmm. Jane is maybe five foot. I think that's why I wanted him to be tall, is because I wanted it to look weirder when they were next to each other. <laughs> like, you know the guy that plays the mountain? Yeah. And you know his wife? No. Oh, she's like four or five, maybe. Oh, I love that for him. And for her. Yeah. It's I love them. They're That's adorable. Incredible. However, this is what I'm imagining for the two of them for their height difference. Because I want her to look like more of like small. I don't know. I mm-hmm. want it to just be like weirder, you know? Yeah, it's it's like I am a tiny vampire and this is my giant werewolf protector person so mm-hmm. fuck off mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I I need you later to look up a photo of the two of them. It's very okay. good. I will. This is the second time someone who plays has played or the, someone has mentioned the guy who plays the mountain to me. In recent memory. I I feel like I think about him too much. But it's only because like he's in the oh. sphere of what? How often are you thinking about it? <laughs> I guess is the question. I think it's I mean it's just cuz he's like in the sphere of the sport we do. Mm, okay. You know. So yeah, like he comes sense. across my page pretty often. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, it, it's not like he's my Roman Empire or anything, but no, please, you know, <laughs> enough. Just I see him enough that it's he's not like out of the realm of possibility of things that come to my brain. Speaking of the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. my partner, who is a mm-hmm. literal medieval historian, mm-hmm. <laughs> asked me that question the other day. Yeah, <laughs> she's. She What's like, the answer? Well, she world. was like, do you know about this thing where people are asking people about the Roman Empire? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's like, how often do we think about the Roman Empire? I'm like, no, it's not a we thing. It's a, I think mm-hmm. about the Roman Empire. It is not daily, but it is pretty close to daily. <laughs> if, it were, if it were the Holy Roman Empire, every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Every day. And she was like, you know, it's surprising. I don't really think about Rome a lot. But if it's if it's the kingdom of Jerusalem, which I study, also not even that. <laughs> I was just like, and you call yourself a historian. She's like, I have better things to think about. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Fair. This is why I love her. I asked, Good work like that life balance, among other yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. I asked this question to Daniel, and he looked at me like I was insane. And he goes, <laughs> Why would anyone think about the Roman Empire? And I was like, Daniel. I was like, what do you th- what do you think about? <laughs> like if everybody else is thinking about the Roman Empire, like what's your Roman Empire? That is a great and right, question. Right now, I found out it's quick lube for cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. There's or pro lube, I don't remember what it's called, but it's you like know, this. I don't know. It's you know this... who loved a pro lube? <laughs> the Romans. <laughs> there you go. Bit bit complete. Full circle. circle. Oh my! But it's like this product that I don't know. It's like this dude and his dad, and his dad just has like this machine that he puts like regular engine. I think oil. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. And he's like shows how much it squeaks over time. So he shows that like it doesn't last. And then he adds like a tiny bit of his product and the sound goes away. Mm. I don't know anything about cars really, except mm. that like go fast, speeding. And then mm-hmm. yep. Daniel's obviously a mechanic. I feel like that has already weighed in here. But mm-hmm. um Yeah. So I've just watched like a couple of these videos and I think that's his Roman Empire right now. We have ordered it, so they did get our attention with their advertising. I don't know that the Romans were super big into weightlifting. But they did like a fine physique, I'll say mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. And I don't, they may have gotten that from the Greeks, but those Roman statues and Greek statues 
there is some musculature on those individuals, let me say. Mm-hmm. Right now, my Roman Empire is uh, that random person that makes way too intensive meals on their dorm room bed, but it's definitely like a set stage to advertise a pot that like nobody realizes it's a set stage because it's supposed to look like a dorm bed. I have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you later. Okay. Yeah. But like, they'll be like, let me make, um, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like, like basically a Gordon Ramsay esque meal. And like, like sometimes they'll like fry chicken quote on their dorm room bed unquote and like this pan so it's a pan that doesn't have or a pot that doesn't have to be plugged in it's all electric okay you can do it from anywhere but even if you're frying things there's probably going to be some popping and spitting and you don't want that on your sheets what the fuck yeah i hate that i don't want to i want to think about the roman empire i don't want to think about that i think about it too often (laughs) i just i don't know man like i think about it all the time it it lives rent free right up here you gotta get it out you gotta evict it i don't care if it's squatting get rid of it it's like that and five minute crafts you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay that's fair (laughs) just it's like watching a train wreck in real life (laughs) Like anytime they come up, I can't, I can't look away. I have to sit there and watch it. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, you know of what else rides. is a train wreck? We can't hey! look away from. Yeah. All right. All right. I did it. Same page. Same page. Uh, yeah. So he's like, "This is my wife, Bertha Mason. Love a Bertha. Love a Bertha." And Bertha, let me tell you, Bertha's got big Bertha energy about her. Oh, yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, I want every Bertha to be, like, a strong woman, you know? Yes. I, and I was talking with Anne about this because Mm -hmm. Anne has also read Jane Eyre, and I often talk with her before we do this to sort of Mm -hmm. iron out any thoughts I have. Not that I need to, but, you know, it's good to feel prepared. And mm-hmm. we got on the Bertha topic of like, mm-hmm. there is a certain type of person who is a Bertha. And like, where does that come from? And I think for me, and mm-hmm. I'm speaking purely for Alex here, but if anyone relates to this, I want to know. <clears throat> but there is a howitzer from mm-hmm. World War Two called the Big Bertha. Which is like the mm-hmm. largest field gun that was fielded at the time. Like it's just a mm-hmm. giant cannon that shoots giant rockets, or giant shells, and it's Big Bertha. And I'm like, I think that's where that association comes from for me. Where like Bertha is just a big chunky thing. It doesn't even have to be a person. Just a Bertha mm-hmm. is a big strong mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You'll be pleased to know that the speaker, the big speaker we just got, I just got Daniel for his birthday. I have named it Bertha. Yes. Yeah. Because she's strong. She's huge. She's strong. Look at the size uh, of that absolute unit. Yeah. She's difficult to wheel into the vehicle, but you know. (laughs) 
I feel I like know. this Bertho is also difficult to put in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like, you know, from Shrek 2, the ugly stepsister? Yes. Like, you remember the scene where she's in the bar, the villain's bar, and she's like a bartender? Yes. Yeah. It's- I'm, it's an unfortunate amount of time since I've seen Shrek 2. That needs to be rectified, honestly. I agree. Also because yeah. the lead singer is Smash Mouth died, and I feel that, you know, I want to revisit the oeuvre of all I of found them. out that the lead singer of Smash Mouth died via the talking fish from Spongebob on TikTok. That's a bad way to find out. I'm sorry. That's how I get most of my news now, actually. Because um, it'll be like, you know how Spongebob it also went, breaking news! Yep. Yeah, it yep. does the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that and that's jarring, the only way but... I find things out. Okay. I mean, I think Anne just told me. <laughs> like, hey, you see the lead singer of Smash Mouth died. Oh. Yeah. My favorite thing about this whole bit is that the entire wedding, it feels like, which is admittedly like six people, but that's a a number of people. This entire wedding party just like busts into the attic (laughs) and Grace Poole is just like there, just hanging Mm -hmm. out. And she's like, oh, hey, we're doing that. Okay, sure. Okay. Rochester's just like, what's up? She's like, I don't know, we're not biting today, so that's a good thing. <laughs> like, literally. Her status report is basically like, oh, she's slightly res- less enraged than usual, so that's always good. <laughs> yep. So I'm feeling good about that. This this is not likely to keep that situation the same, though. So maybe you could leave? Hmm? Yeah. She's like, every time she sees you, she gets, like, angrier, so maybe don't come back. So, yeah, she's Miss Poole's patient, um, or Mrs. Poole's patient. I just like the idea that this, like, attic's not very big, and there's, like, six of them in here now. No, I feel like it's pretty tight, but then mm-hmm. at the same time, Thornfield is massive. So yeah. it could very well be that there's plenty of room, but maybe it's like divided into a space. But yeah, the it feels like a very cramped scene. Like it feels like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of really tight energy going on, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, everything this lady needs has to be in this room. Right. You know what I mean? So like all of her meals are in here. Right, great was great. Grace Pool was cooking when they show up. Is that true? I think she was sewing. Oh, she's sewing. I don't quite remember. Like this person's like mildly crazy, and like I use crazy in the this is a book sense. Right. Um, same way we're gonna use insane is this is a book sense. <laughs> um, I don't know if she should have a needle, but maybe that's just me. I mean, I think the thing about Grace Poole is that she was hired not necessarily for her uh, domestic care abilities, but for mm-hmm. also being a stout person who is quite strong. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I get the impression that Grace Poole is there 
because she's the one who can handle handle Bertha, you know, yeah. like can phys- physically handle her, uh, and is maybe not. I mean, if she's good at her job, whatever, mm-hmm. in Rochester's eyes, but like, like yeah. I don't think that Bertha can get a needle from Grace Poole. Fair. Yeah, I'm now like shifting my perception of Grace Poole a lot, like because I made her up in my brain according to jane's mm-hmm. instruction basically and now I'm like all right let's uh, shimmy this and shimmy that i love i love that once this particular mystery gets revealed there's quite a bit of on jane's part maybe not mm-hmm. here immediately but like she starts to, to do the same thing in a way mm-hmm. you know it's like hmm maybe i gave grace pool a little bit of hard time i don't know it's like, yeah. yeah, Jane, you absolutely fucking did. One hundo, buddy. One you hundo. We're like, I love Mr. Rochester, but if he's boning Grace Poole, I'm gonna be real mad. It's mm-hmm. like Grace Poole literally just came here to do her job. She's just here to do her job. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Poor Grace Poole. Yeah. Very mistakenly. I don't know. What is that word? maligned i was gonna say like charged but i don't think that's not the word i want and like you know that grace pool isn't talking to people because rochester's like if you say a word about any of this you're fired Mm-hmm. so what like, a like burden to put on her too like, not only does she have to like hide all this all of the other employees think she's lazy yes when this she's is the doing thing. like triple the work yes And she has zero, like, Jane has no connections, but she, like, Mm -hmm. and she, you know, she's annoyed by Mrs. Fairfax. She's got Adele. Like, she has human beings Mm -hmm. that she can interact with. Grace Poole has nothing. Yeah. She can interact with Bertha. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Who seemingly can't talk, really. Yeah. I I think we're in the, we're using, in the book definition of crazy, we're in the point of, like, she's so far gone. That, yeah, like, she has. She's inarticulate at this point. Yeah, she succumbed to whatever is going right. on with her. Yes, uh, and so like, but the fact that Grace Poole just fucking gets up every day and does her job seemingly without complaint. Yeah, who is the real heroine of this story, Jane? Honestly, honestly, and like she's been seemingly at this for probably a couple years. Oh, at minimum. Least absolutely you know like enough to have a rapport with both like rochester and bertha it seems like bertha at least respects her not to harm her i right or yeah at least there's enough of a relationship there that like they can coexist because they they have to coexist Mm -hmm. they they cohabitate in this attic so yeah Mm -hmm. like there she's she's been there long enough that she's either imposed her will or found Mm -hmm. some way to interact that is not from a place of hostility on either of them so like grace pool good at her job i guess yeah i feel really bad for jane just roasting her every single day i hope jane feels bad for it too i hope jane apologizes to grace pool this is this is our wish for Jane mm-hmm. Eyre. That's what we want mm-hmm. to see is a Jane Gross. Grace Poole 
reconciliation. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little internal growth from you, Jane. Mm -hmm. Some good girls supporting girls moments. Yes. But instead, so, we get... Whatever this is. Whatever yeah. this is. So, Bertha sees Rochester and immediately tries to strangle him. And apparently she was walking around on all fours before. And I'm not I'm not seeing this as like a crawling thing, but you know when like people like bear crawl, so they're like yeah. butts up in the air? That's how uh, I'm visualizing this. I think I was envisioning crawling, but your way is worse, so I think that's what I'm going to envision now. I'm envisioning that because it's faster. Mm. You know? And it seems like Bertha's a need for speed. Well, she does seem fast in the way, like, she yeah. comes out of nowhere and is just, like, on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm kind of curious, I'm like, did you do something to Bertha for her to, like, see you and want to strangle you? Besides, like, lock her up, I guess, but. That's a fine question, isn't it? And one we don't really address. We just sort of. Yeah. We just know that there's a, a wife. Yeah. I mean, I hope. Maybe we'll address it later. I don't know yet. Uh, we do. We do get the story, at least okay. Rochester's side of the story, of what happened and why she's insane in an attic. Okay, I look that forward said, to that. That said, mm -hmm. this is for you. Once we've finished, there is a book written. <clears throat> I want to say in the. Oh, here. I have Google, so I'm just going to look it up quickly. Yeah, you're saying it taken away. Yeah. It's, it's 1966. Uh, there's a book called The Wide Sargasso Sea, mm -hmm. which is uh, Rochester and Bertha's relationship when they're mm -hmm. in Jamaica, told from Bertha's perspective. Ooh. So you get... So in, in Jane Eyre, you get Rochester's side of this mm -hmm. whole relationship and how it failed and why she's in this attic. And then mm -hmm. this one is like a, is a feminist response to Jane Eyre. Okay. And so it's very good in the book in Jane Eyre, the mm -hmm. other, one of the other things, and I don't remember if it gets mentioned really in this particular chapter, but there, there's an allusion to the fact that Bertha is of mixed descent. And so like, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that Rochester I think eventually sort of harps on and comes to the like, oh, well, you know, she was bound to go mad because of... Mm. And in this one, she is explicitly so. You get her full, like, family background and she, mm -hmm. you know, portrayed as a human being as opposed to the crazed thing in the attic. And it's good. Yeah. Highly recommend. Good. Good. I'm gonna have to read it. Cause, like, they describe her as, like, red-eyed, like, yes. not a human being, basically. Like, almost as if she's like possessed there's and i i think this like the crawling around on all fours they mm -hmm. they're trying to make her as like animalistic as possible and i i think that the allusion to the fact that she is mixed race is one of these mm -hmm. ways that charlotte bronte is trying to be like oh look how foreign yeah. and weird she is and it's, it's mm -hmm. just like it's a super ugly trope and but mm -hmm. one that like 
this is what this is how victorians see the world or many mm-hmm. of them right like if you want to make someone seem crazy or degenerate i'm using air quotes and all of these primitive mm-hmm. whatever well you make them not an english person and you definitely make them not white and i i think there's a very strong aspect of that going on here and another reason why wide sargasso sea is such a breath of fresh air once yeah. you've read this because you're like ah okay a fully realized person mm. i want a to read being. their story oh. a human being what a funny thing because spoilers we haven't seen the last of bertha mm-hmm. i will say wide sargasso sea the hero of jane Eyre is bertha just saying Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. At least as I read it, that that is one of the takeaways that I had. I'm excited. Maybe we could do like a little episode afterwards of like an overarching. One I would episode. love to. It is only 176 pages. Oh, okay. We could do like a little one episode thing of just reactions to it, maybe instead of I, the summary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm down for that. We'll talk about that after we do the movie. Yes. <laughs> gotta do our movie. And then we gotta do this one. In like three months when we finish this book. <laughs> right. Then we can talk about the postscript that we'll be doing to all of these episodes. Welcome to the Jane Eyre podcast. <laughs> right. This is now a Jane Eyre podcast. Hope you're here. <laughs> Hope you're okay. That's what we're doing now. That's fine. It. Oh no, people get more of talking about us and all the fun parts we have and all our fun conversations. Oh no, the horror. Crap. I'm here for literature. Pushes up my glasses. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> no! Ow. Ow. <laughs> Just remember, guys, it's not the beard on your neck. It's the beard in your heart. So fix yourselves. <sighs> so we find out, basically, um, after they, like, shove Bertha back in the room with Grace Pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> And just throw her back in there. Right. And you know Grace Poole is like, all right, now she's all uh, fucking agitated again. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. It's like when someone gives your cat the zoomies before bed and you're like, I hate you. <laughs> if it were societally acceptable, you would be murdered right now. But Literally. since it's not, Literally. goodbye. Have a great night. Like, whenever someone, like, riles up your pet, and then they're like, okay, bye, have a good night. And you're like, I have an hour ahead of me calming this animal down now. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Mm. you. (laughs) So, Mr. Mason apparently was having a conversation with Jane Eyre's uncle. This is my favorite. She decided to write a letter to. Jane was like, hey, so, I don't know if you're alive or not. But mm-hmm. I'm getting married. And her uncle gets mm-hmm. this letter and is like, the fuck you are? <laughs> <laughs> like, Jane could be happy, married, on her little honeymoon right now, but she decided to write a letter and get her, mm-hmm. you know, purity <laughs> saved. Better to say nothing, Jane. Better to say mm-hmm. nothing. So... The uncle told Mason of the marriage, and then Mason's like, that dude's married to my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, One of my favorite coincidences of all time in literature. 
Like, mm-hmm. how do we ma- how do we really fuck this up? Well, yep. I know a guy, and that guy knows I, a guy. Yeah, I love when it's like one tiny thing, and it's like they're like, "Oh yeah, the world's really small, right? Right?" Yep, 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 yep. Like, have you ever seen that person um, that did a, like has done videos? And they prove that, like, we all know each other within, like, three people. No. It's pretty good. But, yeah, it was, like, connecting himself to, like, famous people with only three of his, like, Facebook, or their Facebook friends. Hmm. Yeah. See, I believe that my father has a superpower. And that superpower is finding people from Minnesota wherever he goes. Uh, which is it shouldn't be that easy. I mean, there are like mm-hmm. five million Minnesotans at any given time, right? And then they mm-hmm. they spread or whatever. But like, wherever my dad goes, and he travels a fair bit because of work and whatever, mm-hmm. he always comes back with, "Well, I was in so and so, and I walked into this hotel." Like, okay, the last time my dad went on a trip. He went mm-hmm. to some bumfuck nowhere, Montana. Yeah. And one of the things my dad does is he wears Minnesota sports teams, like shirts, which is one of the mm-hmm. ways I think he identifies people, you know, like mm-hmm. he creates himself to be a beacon, but he walks into this hotel and the, the clerk says, Oh, you're from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. That's, that's fun. That's a funny little world. And mm-hmm. normally that would be my dad's story. You know, just be like, oh, yeah, I ran into a Minnesota, Minnesota person who was a desk clerk at some hotel in, in Montana, which is fun, whatever. Then mm-hmm. my dad says, oh, yeah, you know, and they get to talking because Minnesotans. And mm-hmm. my dad finds out that this person went to the same high school as myself and my sister and was in my sister's grade. Oh, <laughs> wild. And that and that that shit happens mm-hmm. to him constantly. We have a running joke in my family that like we all have a mundane superpower that like doesn't matter, but like everybody's got one. Yeah. And my yeah. dad's superpower is that every time he goes somewhere, he gets a front row parking spot. That's a fucking like, that that's a useful yeah. superpower to have. Yeah. So like He'll be pulling in and someone's pulling out all the time. Nice. Yeah. And like when it doesn't happen, we're all kind of like, ew. Like we park not in the first spot. Like it's what always like this the first imbalance spots. in the force. Something is wrong. Yeah. Or it's like if he has to park out of the way, it's like six spots in. Like it's never in the back. <laughs> it's insane. That's a good superpower. I would like I that know. superpower. I know. Me too. Reminds me of the that is it that it's an episode of The Office where they're talking about the weird school that Dwight used to go to where everyone has a superpower and there's the one guy who's like I can hear in the dark and dogs know where I point. <laughs> I actually haven't <laughs> seen The Office, but oh, I okay. like seen clips of that. It's a good one anyway. Mhm. Mhm. So Jane fucked herself over. Yep. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Rochester fucked her over by trying to marry her when he already had a living wife. You know, semantics. But, you know, right. 
Yeah. Jane's just kind of like mouth agape. Like, you're telling me I decided to write my uncle for the first time in my entire life that I just found out I had, and now my marriage is over. Thanks. I would also just like to take a moment to say how wild it is that I use book insanity, but also like mental incapacity Mm -hmm. in a general sense was not grounds for divorce for a very, very, very long time. Like that, like the fact that someone could be diagnosed as being, Mm -hmm. as having a mental illness that is so severe that requires Mm -hmm. them to be incarcerated for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And that is not sufficient grounds to remove a marriage is just yeah wild to me. Yeah. Like, I just think about the fact that, like, divorce wasn't legal for the longest time. Yeah. What a concept. And what? I just, like, why? Like, I guess when you're, like, marrying people at 13, you know, you just... yes. But, I I mean, it's just not that hard. I know it's all purity culture or whatever, but, like, just let people get divorced. It's fine. I, it, it's literally I, fine. I think it's a wild and telling statistic that when divorce was legalized and the divorce rate shot up, mm-hmm. it then steadied and dropped. Because, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? When it turns out that you don't force people into marriage... With these bullshit notions that it's you, know, you got to do it, or or you know, then you're then you're living in sin. That people are able to I don't know get to know each other and figure out if they're compatible, and then hey, guess what? Then you don't get divorced. When you got a p- fucking bunch of teenagers being told you got to find the one that you love and you got to make sure it's the right one, and oops, you had sex. Well, you're fucked. Got to get married. Got to get married. Like. These are not solid foundations on which relationships are built, nor would I argue are knowing your employer for nine months and then deciding to marry them. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So maybe Jane dodged a bullet. Literally. Jane just, she's like the only man that was like halfway human to me. (laughs) Marriage. Did he treat you well? Hmm. No. He didn't hate me. Right, he wasn't actively hostile. Well, he was actively hostile, but in, like, a cute way, you know? He didn't throw a book at me. Right. He didn't make me walk to his church. I didn't get sustained bodily harm by being in his presence. So, like, that's a plus, right? Like, Jane. Jane, you are a literal child, even though you are an adult. Yeah. Literally, though. So, Jane, after getting all this information, first of all, I love that they're like, okay, well, now that the wedding's over, bye, bye. (laughs) Yeah, they just nope out. It's like, dude, that's your sister. Yeah. What are you going to do? You see the way in which she is being treated. It's not good. You going to, you going to take her? Yeah. You going to make sure that she's cared for? No? You're just here to say fuck you and, and then leave? Like, he's totally fine with her just being stuck in a room all the time. I don't know who I hate most in this scenario. Yeah. Because they're all really bad. Except Jane, 
Jane didn't know what she right. was doing. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't fault her for being anything but dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not her fault. But like, all of these dudes are all just like, let's fuck with these two women in our lives. We're not going to take care of them, but we are just absolutely going to make sure that everything around them is wrecked. Okay, bye. Peace out. Charlotte Bronte's like, you know who the enemy is? Men. Men. <laughs> and you know, she wasn't wrong. Because we still haven't met my favorite male character yet, and I'm really excited for you to do so. <sighs> I just, this book keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every chapter I read, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it's a good one, and I was very excited to be here to talk about mm-hmm. it. Ugh, I'm loving it. I, I even love that we're taking it slowly so I can really savor it, like a good steak. Mm-hmm. No, there's... Oh, crispy chicken tender. Yes. Yeah. I really don't like undercooked meats, so steak and I don't get along. But I do love a chicken tender. <laughs> I do like a well, a medium well steak. I don't. I I'm mostly a texture person, and so that's fair. Like raw meat is a very bad texture, and I don't want it anywhere near my human body. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, well done steak is also like too tough, and I don't. I can't do that either. Mm-hmm. And that and so like it's just it's too finicky, and so I have to be like just no steak. Like, it's too much for me to mentally figure out how to navigate this, so. That's fair. We're just going to have the chicken, which you cook till it's done. I, there we go. I don't make chicken, specifically because I never trust that it's fully cooked. Mm. I've gotten pretty good at it. Oh, since since that's the meat I will really cook. Yeah. I Every time I make chicken, I cut it in half at the end to make sure. I mean, yeah, I still do that. Put a yeah. thermometer in it. Looks good. Cut it open. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're good. Yeah. I'm just, if anybody ever comes to my house and I make chicken, you're never getting a full piece. <laughs> I mean, you'll get a full piece, but there will be two halves. Right. It will be, it will be pre-cut for your convenience. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat it like a sandwich because it's already cut in half. Do whatever you want with it, but it is cooked. So there's yeah. that. I verified. You are now verifying with your own eyeballs. It is mm-hmm. done. For a very long time, I would have to have Anne check check the chicken as well as because I am I had some incidents with food poisoning that involved undercooked things as well. So it was just like mm-hmm. my brain is now hyper like I do not like other people making my meat. I'm over mm-hmm. that now because I eat Taco Bell, but you know, like it is very difficult for me to be like, yes, I will accept this meat that you have made. I got food poisoning for uh, something had gone, chicken had gone bad. Oh, no. And we didn't realize it. Oh, no. So, like, when I was a kid, it was made into a secondary meal. Uh-huh. Like, it was chicken yeah. that was cooked a few days, and yep. then it was turned into another meal. Yep. And I had just eaten it when it was too far gone. And I got violently ill. So, um,. I will not eat anything that's, like, been in the fridge longer than a week. I don't eat anything that's been in the fridge longer than three days. Because I had a similar experience. And I'm, again, like, just meat? I'm paranoid about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know about you. 
When I lived alone for the first time, I went vegetarian. That seems entirely reasonable. Yeah. I would, but I, I like, I like Taco Bell and things too much. I do like Taco Bell. It's, it does pain me every day that I can't really eat a Taco Bell because I have such a severe gluten intolerance at this point. Mm. But like, well, it's like a preservative gluten intolerance. Uh, sure. Like anytime I have a tortilla, it makes me so violently nauseous that no. I can like start throwing up if I wanted to. No. Yeah. It's like a battle of wills to like not throw up. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the worst. Uh I will And I've I've never gone to Taco Bell to be like, hey, do you have gluten free options? Because at that point I'm just a Karen, you know? Right, like no. Don't do that yeah. to yourself. Don't do that to Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Mm-hmm. You both know what you are. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. Like, all I want is a quesarito, but made in a corn tortilla, so I can just enjoy it again. I miss it every mm. day. When I got back from my trip and was dead to the world, Anne was like, do you want me to go get dinner? And I was like, flopped. It's like, yes. What? What do you want? And she was like, what do you want? And yes, the literal words from my lips were Baja Blast. <laughs> so weak. So weak. And then Give she brought them. IV. And it was wonderful. I don't know what they put in Baja Blast, but like, ugh. I don't know, but I will, I will tell you all, human beings, if you mm-hmm. sleep for two hours and then drive for 11 hours and your whole entire existence feels like you're going to die one baja blast will cure you Mm -hmm. it will fix Mm -hmm. everything that is wrong with you baja blast is my diet coke same yeah 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 that's i can drink it indefinitely i do not get tired of it i know if i go to taco bell and i don't get a baja blast call the cops because it's not me I mean, there are literally times when we have gone to Taco Bell and there's been a sign that says, out of Baja Blast, and we just kept driving. Yeah, you gotta find another one. Right, it's like, listen, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Any other food is secondary. Maybe tertiary mm-hmm. if I need hot sauce. So, nope. I, th- I think about the fact that PepsiCo bought Taco Bell specifically to keep Mountain Dews in there and like their products well a lot they did good work I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not going to praise the Pepsi Corporation for anything mm-hmm. but Baja Blast being around improves my quality of life so mm-hmm. or when they did like those code reds and code blues those were also very good they still make code red do they yeah Oh. I, I got it the other day. Well, not the other day. I say the other day. It was like two months ago. Because I saw it and I was like, that's a thing I haven't consumed since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it's like. And my elderly taste buds were like, ah, ah. Yeah. Mm. This, is, this is different than we remember. And we don't like it because it's not Baja Blast. So. Yep. Yep. So Jane just retreats to her room because she's like, "I, what am I going to do now?" Um, and 
and she has decided that Rochester made up his love and he does not love her and she does not know what to do about it. Rip, Jane. Yep. Like, imagine you're like, yeah, I'm going to go get, like, you're with your partner. You're like, I'm going to go get married. It's going to be great. And then you find out, oh, oops, um, I did have a wife. Yeah, we are actually still married. She is actually locked in the closet of this house we've lived in. Um, right, I literally can't marry And I've been gaslighting and gatekeeping. Yep. Yep. No, it's real bad. I am. It's yeah. real bad. Uh, yeah. Your heart breaks for the wee child, the wee vampire child in that moment, because mm-hmm. it's the there's there's a very famous passage in at the end there about like Jane Eyre who had once been a vivacious whatever um, that just like very concisely in a paragraph is mm-hmm. like here's what it's like to have all of your hopes and dreams ripped away from you in one moment. It's so good. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to read. Yeah, I know. I was like, my heart broke for Jane. It's like, this is the first time that her innocence has like really been stolen. And she didn't, I mean, she had plenty because of like just who she is, but like just this narrative chain of events that she's had where like everything is shit and people are just not good to her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, obviously, we know that Rochester is a shit. We've seen it so many times, but it's just like to have it hammered home in a way that she now recognizes is just like, ow. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, it's really rough. I feel so bad. <laughs> well, we still have half a book. Well, not half a book, but I we know. still have a third of a Maybe book. Most of the book, honestly. There's juicy, still a lot. The juicy bits. There's still a lot to happen. I'm excited. But we will see you all next week. Um, Alex, where can the people of the internet find you and the stuff you're doing? I am on Twitter at MightiestFin and BlueSky at MightyFin. I am running a Kickstarter for two new books in the Backwards universe, which is a post-apocalyptic American Gothic horror series of TTRPGs where you can run around fight local cryptids or save them or smooch them it's all up to you um that link is in my bios slash i'm posting about it a lot we would love if you would check it out we're over two-thirds of the way funded i think we need about thirty five hundred dollars to meet our goal we have 10 days i think we're gonna do it i hope knocking on wood if you are so compelled uh we would love if you gave us a back or if not if you did some retweeting and reposting uh to spread the news about it because it's a very near and dear project to my heart it was my pandemic project with my best friend and now we've got two books so we're being very ambitious this time and i hope our hubris does not bite us in the tookus that's all i have to say for right now all my projects i post about and i also post cute dog photos so um yeah check me out there and we'll also check you out in the next episode. Bye. Bye.